when I'm not drinking bourbon or writing blues songs, I listen to the Sean Geek Podcast over on seanmcginnity.ca, and you should too. This is the Sean Geek and Fast Fret Podcast with me, Sean Geek. Yeah, there's a pause there. No, no, uh, no fast fret this week. Um, kind of wanted to do uh, kind of a, a roundabout, kind of see what the hell's going on in general. I haven't had a, a good opportunity to uh, just kind of give a lay of the land, a state of affairs, kind of what's going on in the world and um kind of i don't know we just seem to be kind of fast and loose on these episodes that are coming out and kind of what's going on so um i'm toying with something right now i've i've long had a blogger account and a, the blogger account is the blog space uh that is partnered with uh, google uh and as such it is a a free um it's a free uh blog space but it also um um it's it's a place where you can blog and create a website for free yeah so um so i've been so, so okay so i guess i'll take two steps back just kind of give a little bit of context because not everybody listens to all our episodes and that is fine. But we way, 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 way back when I had a website and it was the website, seanmcginnity.ca. And uh, what I had done as I had links to the podcast on there, the Sean Geek and Fast Right podcast, which you are listening to right now. And I also had links to my music on there. So there was a player on there. So you could listen to uh, tracks of songs i have written co-written with uh the various projects i've been with over the years a lot of stuff with fast fret of course um but uh primarily a whole bunch of you know other stuff that i'd done like uh, i was in a band called cyber love and <clears throat> i was in a band called salty bear and a few other of those projects so um it was a place kind of where all that stuff was and then it also had a whole bunch of um my filmography, I guess if you can call it that I'd done some movie work. And the idea was to have all the, my printed words on there. Cause I've got, uh, I've got some printed work, uh, like writing that's been, you know, published and stuff like that. So I had the website and that was the kind of the landing pad for everything. So even though I had the podcast that, that was located somewhere else and I had the music that was located somewhere else and all that, it was kind of a, a landing pad for everything to be. And ever since then, you know, I really enjoyed it, but it was kind of a monthly, kind of an expensive monthly thing to do, but I was, I kind of gave myself a budget, a monthly budget of what I should spend on my uh, artistic projects. 
or my creative projects. And the idea was, okay, I'm going to spend X amount. And the podcast company that I was with was less expensive. And then I decided it was time to uh, leave that podcast group and go to one that had better exposure, more better global exposure. So um, idea, you know, ideally to get the podcast spread out as possible to every corner of the world as possible, because, you know, if someone wants to listen to you and they don't have the capability of listening to you, then I failed as a podcaster. So I decided to get rid of the website when I found Podient or Podient, um, which was a great company. I'm still going to go on that soapbox and say they were the best podcast company out there. Um, I wasn't really happy when they closed their doors or when they sold the company to another company, which I will not name, um, but you can look it up yourselves if you want. But what happened, we went to an all-service podcast place that provided a, a, a web page, like a fully customizable web page, uh, provided uh, automatic, automatically linking you to every corner of the of the of the web uh, for getting the podcast out there and on every possible platform possible. Um, a whole bunch of behind the scenes stuff, like a whole bunch of tips and tricks, and a whole bunch of add ons. Um, you know, that was my first introduction to like companies like Mailchimp and um, uh, uh, coffee. Uh, buy me a coffee and, and stuff like that. That was all through Podient or Podient. So that was like the place. And when they closed and we went to somewhere else, it we lost the website. We lost uh, a, a lot of the features that get you spread out to the entire web. Um, we lost a lot of stuff. Um, the company that bought them didn't have, ha- didn't have half the features that Podient had. So we went from paying a, a, a decent monthly price that provided everything to paying the same monthly price and getting half the features. So I don't want to cast any shade on that other company. Um, but they just, they just didn't have all the tools and to pay the same price for something that provided half the services, then what, you know, what's the point, right? So we went to, Another place, and now we're with Captivate FM, which I which I do like. It is not as good as Podiant because no one is good as Podiant. Um, they have more features than the last company had that bought Podiant. Um, they don't have all the features, so I looked at my blogger account, which I've had for a long time, and it was kind of a shared blogger with um, that I was sharing with Corey from Geekspin. And we are kind of publishing together on Blogger um, and, you know, and kind of just putting all the posts under Meet the Geeks. And that was kind of the idea. We were going to be uh, Meet the Geeks and I was going to be posting and he was going to be posting. And um, that's, you know, that's what it was going to be. It was going to be, you know, us. And, and in some ways, Meet the Geeks, uh, it is Corey's creation, but I've, long you know held the torch for it and i've i'm putting content out and if it means putting a sticker you know a watermark on on the corner of a of a youtube video that said meet the geeks i'm all for it because uh, i i low i owe a lot to that guy Uh, a lot of the stuff a lot of the reason that i'm doing any of the stuff i'm doing is because i'm friends with Corey and 
Uh, he's incredibly motivating and he's, he's always a strong supporter of anything that I work on, anything that I do, anything I'm up to that I'm more than okay to have that meet the geeks stamp on anything I do. And I'm actually honored that, you know, I could actually be on his blog, but all things being said, um, I do need a place just for me. So I still have my, it was, a, it was called the, the blog was called Seanorama. So I've, I've redubbed it the Sean geek and um, it's going to be a place where I post thoughts um, stuff. Now I'm not going to maintain this blog like crazy. Like it's not that sort of blog where I'm going to commit once a week or twice a week or 10 times a week or whatever. I'm just, as I have thoughts about stuff, I'm just going to put it on there. But here's the great thing about blogger. And this is the whole point of this is that blogger is a website. Um, it wasn't before, or I don't think it was, or I didn't explore it as much as I could have, but it is free. It is part of the Google suite of stuff and uh, has fully customizable different types of websites. Everything's modifiable. Um, and in fact, I got my thing open right now. Now it's not as fancy as an actual proper, you know, website through GoDaddy or, or, um, any of those other places, but here's what I was able to do. And this, this took me maybe like 15 minutes of just kind of screwing around. And if you want to go to the blog spot, I guess I should say, I'll have it linked in the bottom of the episode, but it is seangeek.blogspot.com. That is my home. So in it, I'm able to have a profile picture. I'm able to name it whatever I want. I'm able to have a subheader. I am able to blog. True enough, right? I am able to have links to all the other places that you can find myself. So I have a link to the Sean Geek and Fast Red podcast. And I have a link to listen to my music, which is to my SoundCloud page. I can add as many links as I want, and they show up as an array just underneath the title. And um, But I can move the array wherever I want. I can have those links anywhere I want on my page. Um. It also allows me to put my RSS feed into the blog, which is nice. Um, that's actually incredibly nice. So I, I think if I do a, a blog post, I think I can also embed it within the actual post itself. So anyway, go take a look. I mean, I haven't played around with it too much and it's probably pretty boring and I'm using an incredibly old picture of myself. Um, but go take a look. It's seangeek.com blogspot.com and let me know what you think so this blogger blogspot that's all the same thing that's all but again if you're looking to create a website um but you don't need all the razzle dazzle you just need a few things this is probably the place to go um and damn it's pretty freaking cool so i'm really excited about that so that's something i wanted to do i was actually looking at getting a website and paying the you know, 20 to 40 or 20 to $50 a month to have a website. But then it's like, okay, well, we also got the podcast and that's costing us so many dollars a month. And we, you know, if, if, if you're like us, we have a zoom membership, the zoom membership is important. If you're going to do, you know, not, uh, not in-person uh, interviews with people. Um, it's just all these things add up and, you know, it, it's really funny I, I, this is something I brought up before, and I've noticed that uh, a few podcasters have, have talked about the, the I don't know what the name of this is, the name of this industry that they're talking about, but there is an issue with 
there's all these companies out there that are we are I just hit my mic. Sorry about that. We are a podcast. We are podcast professionals and we're going to show you how to make your podcast more profitable. And every podcasting is supposed to be an intimate thing. It's not radio. If you want radio, go in your car, turn on the car and put on the AM or FM uh, antenna thing and just do that. But this isn't radio. Podcast is never meant to be radio. Radio, I think at one point was this medium that was fantastic where a DJ could go on and, you know, a la Happy Harry Hard on from Pump Up the Volume, uh, find music and present it to people. It was, you were able to talk. You were able to uh, voice your opinions. You were able to talk to the world and, 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 encourage the world to listen to new music or try new things or or do new things or, Hey, have you heard this? Or, you know, it used to be, that's what it used to be. But now all of the radio stations are owned by corporate uh, corporations and they all have agendas. And the agenda is we need advertising revenue. And we're probably owned by a company that is Columbia records or Virgin or this or that. So you're going to tend to only play, music that is programmed by the station not by the dj not by the person that's actually sitting behind this mic it would be 100 controlled by someone else so the vested interest of the host of, of radio even though they may they may be music fans they have no control over the output of music that is played on their program so that's what radio is that's not what podcasting is i'm doing what i want i'm talking about what i want i'm sharing uh, brands and music that I like. I'm sharing books that I like. I'm sharing comics, movies, the things that I like. That is what podcasting is about. So when you get these companies that are coming in and you know, get your sound and get you can sound just like me. You can sound like a radio DJ and you can have that soft, smooth voice. They're trying to sell you to sound like radio. And hey, I do have a good mic. I do have a board and I do have recording software. Sure. I have done things to step up the game because I want to sound better, but I'm six years into this. I didn't have all this stuff when I started out and most podcasters don't when they start out, but the illusion that is being sold is that you cannot start a podcast unless you drop a thousand dollars and buy all this stuff. And pay $100 to $200 a month on softwares and memberships and this and that and all this. So the idea is that you have to buy an editing program. And the editing program is like 200 bucks, 300 bucks, 500 bucks, whatever it is. You need to get a... Um, a, a, a social media service, which is going to cost you twenty to thirty to fifty dollars a month. They're also saying that you have to have um, um, you have to have a separate website. So that's in there. And, and the way they're looking at it, it's got to be fifty bucks a month, right? You have to have a premium podcast service, which is anywhere from twenty to fifty dollars a month. You have to take classes and courses that are going to run you 
20 to $50 a month. They want you to buy a board, which every single time I get an ad, because I'm a podcaster, I podcast all my, my, my history shows that I'm a podcaster. So they're always trying to sell me shit. So they're saying that I need to buy a board and if I fall and I've occasionally followed the link, just say, okay, what are you guys trying to sell me? And I look at what the link it is and what they're trying to sell me and what they're trying to sell me is a board that's anywhere from 750 to a thousand dollars. You need to buy a new mic. Well, this mic is about 250 to $500. You need this, you need that you need. So the way it looks is that you should be spending about $200 a month. It to be a podcaster, if you want to be a quote unquote professional podcaster, what the fuck is what the fuck is that even? I'm a professional podcaster. I'm not doing any of these things. People listen to our show. People enjoy the show. Some people don't, but whatever. I'm doing what I love to do. So, two hundred dollars a month, you have to spend you know a thousand dollars in gear. And you have to be on social media five to 10 times a day, preferably using a service that, that you, you know, that, that charges $50 a month to, to, to do that for you. So they will, uh, they will look at the market and they will look at, okay, well, the uh, Instagram people looking for podcasts on Instagram, well, this is going to be between seven and 9 AM on the Mondays and Tuesdays. And on Twitter, it's going to be from 10 to uh, noon on uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And then you're uh, on, on uh, Facebook, uh, you're going to do the same thing. And then you're also going to want to create a Reddit account. You're going to want to create a, uh, uh, an account everywhere else and all this stuff. And what they're really doing is they're trying to show you or try, they're trying to sell you on the idea that this is what it takes to be successful. Now, the definition of success in their eyes is monetization. You're going to be pulling two to $3,000 a month for your podcast if you pay for our services. If you pay for all these services, you, you spend all the money and you do all the things that you're supposed to do, you will have a successful podcast. So all these physical things, your subscriptions, gear, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's what's going to make your podcast successful. I have a different idea. Content. That's content. Personality. Being invested in your show. So here is why all these pundits that are telling you this is what you need to do to be a successful podcaster, why they're all wrong. Now, I will take a step back. Some of this stuff is good ideas in general, but there is a, a balancing act. And I know those that are listening and not those that are watching, but those that are listening, there's a balancing act. You need to work on your content and your content's going to be good. You also need to do some social media and you need to promote your show. And there's a balance because the more time you spend on the social media, promotion side of things, the more your content, the quality of your content is going to go down and going to start sucking. And it's a balancing act. And if you put all your eggs in that one basket on the one side, not content creation, I'm talking about 
spending the money on the programs, on the monthly subscriptions, all those things. If you're doing all that stuff, that sucks up so much time and so much money. I'm going to tell you a secret. Your show is not going to be big overnight. Your show is not going to have longevity overnight. My advice I'm giving you right now, I'm not charging you for this because I don't think that's the right way to go about things. It's like diet trends, right? Oh, this diet, you're going to lose 30 pounds in your first month. Okay. But am I going to keep it off? And is this diet so restrictive that I'm going to bounce at the other end and slingshot into a higher weight than what than before I started this? And therefore becoming dependent on going on another diet and spending more money to try to lose that weight in an unhealthy fashion only to slingshot and have a higher weight and forever be in that endless cycle of being on a diet. I'm not a fat guy, not a skinny guy. I'm just a dude. I'm not going to be dictated to by the diet people of the world. And most of them are fraudulent. So, but the same thing is within, in the podcasting world is the more you become reliant on these tools that they're giving you, which they're making promises, empty promises of what your show is going to do, but they never, a lot of these shows that are selling their services on what you need to do to be a better podcast. These are shows that don't have content. Their only content is telling you how great they are, but they're never telling you how that greatness, like where, how they got to that greatness. We have a great podcast. We have multiple downloads and all we're doing is we're following these steps. Yeah, but you don't have any content. Well, we're successful. We're making a lot of money. Yeah, but no one has respect for you. Maybe you're making money, but you're kind of doing it in a dishonest kind of way. That is like going into a recording program, some recording software, and programming in a pattern, eight bars for the verse, four bars for the chorus, eight bars for the second verse, eight bars for the second chorus, a bridge, and then maybe 12 bars for the chorus into a fade out. Using that formula and repeating it and having the same beat, beats per minute, and uh, using your software to help you find um, a, a, a riff, you can write your own songs endlessly on end until the end of time and still, and still keep putting out the same basically the same song and but i'll tell you one thing it'll get played on the radio and you will make money doing it i mean just look at the career of adam levine that's proof positive of let's follow a formula and never deviate from it ever right so that's what these podcast people are doing they're trying to get you to give them money to make them profitable at podcasting but they're not actually putting out content to actually have a good show that's entertaining and people want to listen to and people want to tune into and people want to subscribe to. They're dangling a carrot. Follow me and you'll be successful. But you just keep following that carrot and you never get the carrot. Well, you can get the carrot if you give me more money. Okay, well, some people, you know, 
we'll keep following and but that's not how the podcast works so yes i do have gear but i invested in gear and what i did is i take took revenue and reinvested in gear now a lot of it's paid out of pocket i'm not gonna lie but am i a successful podcast i guess is the question because i get this all the time and in every endeavor i've done where people don't like the music written people don't like the performances where i've performed show people don't like a, a book that i've written or some prose or, or, or whatever or i've run a game that I, I created a game and people played it and some people had fun, but some people didn't. So if I'm to rely on the, the negative comments and stuff, and if my success is entirely hinged upon the people that don't like my show, then I'm not successful. But my success hinges on putting this content out, sitting here in front of this microphone and talking, sharing my thoughts, letting people know what I think about stuff. That is success because I've been doing this for six years. You know, I did for two years, I guess, two years or whatever by myself. And then I brought Todd in and then we have multiple, you know, rotating guests with Corey and Tracy and then all these people that come in and Jarrett and, and Karen and, you know, all these guests that we've had, you know, I've been doing this for six years. And the fact that I'm still on schedule, I'm still releasing every Monday Minimum, you know, one episode a week, every Monday at 5 a.m. Been doing this for six years. Been late twice. And I just keep putting the content out. I keep trying to help other podcasts out by, by appearing on their shows. And if there's any sort of rub that I can provide from our audience to their audience to expand their show, then it's my responsibility to do that. It's not my responsibility to charge people to be on their show because that's what these podcast people would, would suggest is well, you got to pay for my service. You want me to be on your show, then you pay me to be on your show. And I'm going to tell you how to make your show successful, but my show is successful. Is it financially sex successful? Well, that's a whole other thing because if you're gauging your success on money and your show makes money and you're bored out of your gourd and you hate what you're doing and every week it's a job, then you are not successful. It doesn't mean you're it doesn't mean you're a success if you go to work every day, you go to the same job every day, start at eight, log in, do the work all day long, count the minutes to your first break, to your lunch break, to the time you go home, stress out about it, get nervous. And freaked out, like, oh, I gotta go to work. Oh. And go, but you're making 100 grand a year. That doesn't make you successful. That makes you a failure in my, in my eyes. That is not success. You've accepted a station in life for the almighty dollar. Now, money is important. It's important to make money. Don't get me wrong. Money is very important. And hey, I got a job just like everyone else. Do I love my job? No, it's good. It's okay. I'm fairly happy at it. And in terms of a, a career, I guess I would say I am moderately successful in my career. And by moderately, I mean, like I go to work and I enjoy the people I work with. And at the end of the day, I'm able to shut it off 
and go back to my family, which is way more important than any of that other stuff. And then not dread going into work the next day. So to me, that makes it successful. Now, could I be making more money? Sure. But could I be putting more overtime in? Could I be hating my job and counting, counting the years to retirement? Now, you know, success, this podcast is successful. And that's the success is based on that. Now, I want to get into, you know, bringing a little more revenue in for the show. That'd be ideal. That'd be great. But I don't want to compromise the fun I have doing this show. It's six years. I wouldn't still be doing this. If I didn't like my job, I would go somewhere else. I wouldn't be working there anymore. It's the same principle. I'm not going to do this podcast for the sake of, okay, this is where I'm going to make my money. This is where this is where the big payday comes. Then I'm not doing it for the love of it. If I'm doing this for the money, then I'm not successful. If your only goal in life is to make money, then I'm, I feel really bad for you. I really do because to make more money and to be comfortable and to be able to afford things and to be able to put food on the table and to be able to provide for your family and to be able to take, you know, a couple of weeks vacation every year. Like those are all, you know, that's good enough. Yes. I, I don't know. Maybe that's controversial because some people say, well, you can't say money is not going to make you happy. It can make you happy. No, it doesn't directly make you happy. I think it provides the ability to be happy by lessening some of the stresses of life. If that makes any sense. So this is a pro podcast podcast. And the other thing too, another thing that kind of got on my nerves is there's all these uh, podcast services like pod chaser and and good pods and, and all this stuff. And they're all great. Like I, I, I love them. I'm on there and I'm, and I'm always browsing through there and looking for stuff and using those places to provide reviews of other people's shows. Cause I think that's important to, if you like doing a podcast, you should be listening to other podcasts. I think it's important and it's key and it's good to keeping yourself relevant and uh, good to keeping track of, you know, other tips and tricks that other people out there who love what they're doing. Sorry. Burp. But anyway, um, so that's that. I don't know how long I've been gabbing here. Let's see. I don't know. I don't see a time limit on here, but, um, that's kind of my stance on all that stuff. So I, I do want to have more <laughs> to, to quote the last week's episode, more better than good. Um, or I guess two weeks ago now, cause this will be two weeks from now, but anyway, um, we had an episode called a distorted revolution more better than good. And the idea of uh, the title was, well, whatever you can interpret how you want. sounds like a, a new Brunswick person talking and that's how I talk. Cause I'm from new Brunswick. But anyway, um, outside of that, um, I'm reading the Grishaverse, uh, Lee Bardujo. And, uh, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it. I'm on the final book of the three book i've also read the they did a duology which i've read both of those i started with those two because it was recommended by my wife and the reason i'm reading it is my wife said look you got to read this the way you describe because silly has not read my book that i wrote many of you haven't because i haven't published it yet it's 
still trying to get that happening. That's that's a thing. And uh, I want to release it the way I want to release it. So it'll happen. Trust me. I'm going to find a way to get in people's hands, but I want to do it the right way. But anyway, Sylvie, Sylvie said, you know, the way you describe the book, like, oh, you, like you would love The Shadow and Bone by Lee Bardugio. You're like, you got to read it. You got to read it. And like, yeah, okay. You know, I, I mean, it, it, seemed, it seemed interesting, but I mean, I've got a whole laundry list of books to read. I've, I've got a stack that I work through. And it's not that I don't want to read the books that she's recommending, but it's like, okay, now I get a, you know, I get to push one of mine off to do one of these. And, but anyway, eventually she, she wore me down. Um, and I think it was the release on Netflix of shadow and bone that I looked at the trailer. I'm like, Oh, that's what this is. Okay. This does look very interesting. And that match with what my wife told me about it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to give it a shot. But she said it sounds very reminiscent of what I've done, even though she hasn't read the book. My descriptions of what goes on in the book, she's like, this sounds very, very, very similar. So I started reading it. And again, I started with the duology and started there and then worked my way through the actual trilogy, the Grishaverse trilogy. I guess there's a couple more books after that. But anyway, I'm on the third book of the trilogy. Uh, I've got about 100 pages left. Hoping to finish that today, tomorrow, because I have another book I want to read. Another books i want to read but anyway um as i've gone through i'm like wow this is very reminiscent of uh what i'm doing and what i'm planning because my book two slash book three of this series that i'm writing it 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 totally flips a switch and a lot of chaos happens and the way I've laid it out, it it's it is it is similar in some respects to the Grishaverse and the way it's laid out. Uh, obviously, unintentionally so because I I I plotted you know the three books years and years ago, and there's a lot of things in there. I'm like I'm like wow, that's that's similar. That's kind of similar too. And it wasn't to the point of me going wow, she ripped me off. It's definitely nothing like that because. Um, we have a global consciousness, right? There's a lot of ideas that, you know, I, I feel they're in there, they're in there, they're in the ether ether and they're kind of bouncing from head to head and whoever jumps on that idea um, and executes on it, but that might've been in someone else's head or someone else's head. But anyway, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is now that I've read through, cause I, I there, there was a point I'm going, wow, my stuff is maybe too similar to this, too similar in that, I, I don't want to come off like I'm ripping her off. But then the more I'm reading, I think I think what I'm seeing the similarities in is um is is in how she did her world building. And I think maybe how she does her world building is similar to mine because I've actually spent um years building the world, actually probably a decade building. <sighs> Yeah, I spent a decade building the world that this book takes place in. And then I've spent the last two years working on ex the expansion of that world and actually taking what I had and really blowing it up on a global scale. So I have a global picture of, of, of the world and how it works and, and the rules of it. Because when you're writing and you're writing in a world that might be similar to your world, but is different, you need to have rules so that when your characters is going up against something or doing something 
you need to check the rules, the list of rules you have for that world. Well, you can't do that here because a, this isn't how this would work. So for example, you can't do this because the United States is not the leading power in the world. They're number five in my world. That's the way things shook out. And there is a reason and explanation for why that is. Now it's not in book one, but there'll be, there'll be a slow telling of why the world is the way it is. So in the first book, you're just going to say, oh, that's a little different. But I mean, it doesn't really impact the story that much. Well, that that's a little bit different. Doesn't really impact the story that much. But it will have impact later. So um I, I've spent a lot of time in this world building it and and putting it together. And I think I feel by the level of detail that Lee has in her book, is that I think there was that level of detail going in before she started writing like there was a there was a plan like this is where i'm at um this is so she knows like you can tell when characters two characters are converging on something she has a set of rules for the world she has a history of the world and if they were to do something and the characters are aware of the history of their own world which they should be right they may or may not do something based on what's previously happened, or they will have an emotional content related to what they're doing next based on the history of the world. You're not just on the fly going, I think they're going to be upset now. And I think I'm going to create something here where 50 years ago, um, there was a, there was a ruler and he was doing this and like, she's not, you can tell it's on the fly. Like it, it's well thought out. And that's, I think that's a similarity I'm seeing is like, I've got all these rules. I've got all these, um, blocks of, of, of things that have happened that'll directly impact the future of this world. I have all that and she has all that too. So I think that's a similarity I'm seeing. And I'm actually quite enjoying uh, that, that part of it. Now that I'm, you know, through most of the, the third book, I realize, yeah, our worlds are not the same, definitely not the same, um, but it's, it's refreshing to, to see that, you know, I haven't put too much effort in building the world because it is going to make the writing that much easier for me. And the writing is so fun. I'm having so much fun writing this thing. So I am working on book two and three. They're plotted. A lot of the stuff is plotted out. And um, and it's great. So I think you guys should check out the, the Grishaverse, uh, Lee Bardugo, uh, L-E-I-G-H-B-A-R-D-U-G-O. I will put links to her website and all that sort of stuff. Um, fascinating lady, man. I, I, I'd love to talk to Lee at, at some point and, and, and kind of pick her brain. Uh, I'd love to do it on the show even. Um, just, just writer to writer, just to compare notes and, 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 and kind of see how she does her, her thing. But anyway, that's kind of what I want to talk about today. I want to just kind of cover, cover a little bit of ground there. Um, so once I finish that, I've got a, another book that, um, that I'm going to start reading tomorrow based on an episode of booked on rock with Eric Senich. Uh, he interviewed uh, the gentleman who wrote this hearts on fire, which um, I don't have it right in front of me. Maybe I can pull it up real quick. So I'm actually quoting this hearts on fire book. And let's see what it pulls up. Here it is hearts on fire. Six years at change Canadian music. 
Awesome. Oh, it's from, I had no idea. This is ECW press. That's even cooler. Michael Barclay is the author. And he's basically talking about, there was a, a span of time and I haven't read the book. I just ordered the book. It comes in tomorrow. So I'm trying to finish Lee's book so I can go to Michael's book uh, and start that t- as soon as I get it. Cause I'm dying to read this thing. But anyway, he, he talked with Eric on his show and I'm like, Oh my God. Like he just kept name dropping bands. Like, um, there's a band called fucked up and i'm like oh my god yeah i know who that is yeah i've got a you know i got a couple of their songs like i remember when i i heard those songs come out i'm like oh my god like what the hell is this it's so different and then you know he's talking about hoxley workman I'm like oh my god yeah i know who hoxley workman of course i know who hoxley workman is and you know kind of dropping like tegan and sarah and then you know he just like uh the cowboy junkies and he's just he just kept listing all these bands these canadian bands that for me they're they're part of my dna now I, i've listened to them all so much but to see how invested invested he was in these bands and how passionate he was about I was like I, i'm buying this fucking book like there's no there's no way around this like i need to read this book because obviously he connects music in, in a similar way that i do and uh, I also, apparently there is, um, and he's talking about the Peaches, you know, like that's one of those bands that eh, not everybody knows who the Peaches is. They might've heard her songs and they're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That one. Right. So anyway, um, it, it, I get it tomorrow. I can't wait. I'm dying. So Eric, thanks for the recommendation. And um, yeah, boy. Anyway, we'll see you guys on the flip side. Thanks for doing this solo excursion with me. Hope you guys are doing good. We'll see you on the other side. Fans of the Sean Geek Podcast, this is the Core Geek talking at you. Did you know that the Sean Geek Podcast has merch available? That's right. Head on over to SeanMcGinnity.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. You'll be taken to the Sean Geek Podcast store on Public where you can find the Sean Geek Podcast logo on t-shirts, totes, masks, and more. And best of all, a portion of the sales goes to help support the podcast and allow Sean and Todd to keep bringing great content your way. Once again, go to seanmcginnity.ca and click the merch link at the top of the page. And while you're there, don't forget to download the latest episode.